We're going to talk about stuff tonight. Everybody, everybody got Bibles ready? <coughs> everybody had a Twinkie? No, only a couple of people have had a Twinkie. They were pretty good, man. Yeah, they are pretty good. Anybody have a tra- strawberry cheesecake? Uh, Dude, they're so bomb. Are they good? Yeah. yeah. Nice. I don't know if I can eat over here. That's my cheat day. Okay, so... Um, here's the way I want to start out. Ready? This is really what I wrote in my notes. Welcome to the home. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Lex. Why'd I write that? Gracias, senor. It's in the notes. So, um, tonight I want to talk about tension. I want to talk about the tension that we come and encounter with every single day of our lives. Cool? Um, what we do, what we don't do, what's pulling us this way, what's pulling us that way, what's, what, what are we doing? You know, that's kind of what I want to talk about tonight. Um, uh, I'm not going to tell you that it's an easy topic, um, but I believe things can happen in a moment also. Sometimes we compromise on things and I want to challenge that tonight. Okay. Um, so there's a lot of quote unquote truths out there, correct? Mm -hmm. Everybody has their own version of truth, right? Your, your truth is different than my truth. Reggie's truth is different than Ashton's truth. It's the way it goes. Everybody has a different viewpoint on what truth actually is. So I dug into the archives and I got a stat for you based on 10,000 people, okay? 10,000 people. 22% of those people say that Jesus sinned while he was on earth, which of course means that Christianity has to die at that point. Following Jesus has to die at that point because we believe that he's perfect, spotless lamb, and that's the only way we have inheritance in heaven is because he was perfect. Okay, so 22% peop- 22% of people say Jesus sinned while he was on earth, okay? 38% of those 10,000 people say you can go to heaven by being a good person, okay? Those are my two stats tonight. Those stats are, I would say... Good. Let me explain. Right? That means 78% of those 10,000 people say that Jesus lived a truly perfect life. Right? That's a pretty good stat, you know? Who knows what these 10,000 people were so far, right? That means 62% believe that being a good person isn't enough. Again, pretty, pretty good, you know? I would think it would be worse. But let me spill the beans a little bit. These 10,000 people who were surveyed were Christian students at a seminary. Ooh. They were 10,000 people who went to church on Sunday, went to youth groups, and went to all the camps also. Everybody has their own version of truth. Everybody has their different take on what truth truly is. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that kind of like break your heart? Kind of stir you up in a weird way? No? Andrew's getting a little fidgety. <laughs> I just want to know how they, how they get, get to that point. 
I have some theories. Were they the kids that like paid attention to seminary? Those are the kids who are in seminary. I know, but are they paying attention? I didn't ask them individually. I didn't say, hey, 999 person, are you paying attention to class? Number 63. Next. (laughs) No, sorry, I didn't do the survey, so I don't know. Um, So this is a bummer, right? This is a bummer stat. Sad. It's pathetic. Um, Makes me kind of sick, right? Kind of want to go vomit because I just spoke it, right? Yeah, does it have that same sting to you guys, or is it like, whatever? (laughs) Hey, those people who are in those places are actually going to be pastoring churches someday. So it, like, really makes me disgusted, right? Makes me want to just scream a little bit. But whatever, right? That's what we we all say. Um, The question that we have to ask ourselves is, who do we say Jesus is? Who do we say he is? Like, truly. And not by just, like, me speaking, right? It's easy. Go, okay, he's a perfect, spotless lamb. He's the son of God. He's a savior. But do I live in that manner of him being those things? Right? That's what I want to talk about tonight. That tension, right? Talk is cheap. We all hear this. I agree, especially in Christianity, <laughs> especially with a bunch of weird people trying to follow Jesus. It's really, really, really cheap. Yes? Because I could sing over and over again, just like I did tonight, that I believe in miracles. I believe mountains are still being moved and giants are still being slayed. I could sing that very easily because that's pretty melody. Right? But do I live that? Do I walk in that? Do I move in that? And do I believe Jesus does that and is that? Correct? You guys get what I'm saying? It's easy to sing melodies. It's easy to say stuff. I could say Blue Flamingo and it holds no weight, right? (laughs) Don't do it, Jaden. It holds no weight, correct? I could say anything that holds no weight. You get my point here? If I say Jesus is a healer, do my actions portray that? Do the way I live my life portray that? Do When I go into a different circle in my life, do my actions still portray that? Does this make sense so far? Yeah. Okay. Who is Jesus? Did you know that Christianity, following Jesus, is a tangible and interactive thing? Yep. You understand that? Did you know that all of the stuff in the Bible actually happened? Not just a bunch of fairy tales, not a bunch of just stories to increase our confidence and faith. Yeah, they do that, but they actually happened. Do we understand this? When Jesus spit in that guy's eyes, he actually regained his sight. Okay? It's not just a funny story. It doesn't just challenge my faith of like, well, maybe I should try spitting in somebody's eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Right? We'll see. Did you know that the demonic realm is real? Did you know that healing in Jesus' name is real? Did you know that Pentecost actually happened? 
you don't know what Pentecost is, it's coming up. It's coming up. It's when the Holy Spirit fell and indwelled us. Right? That actually happened. And you actually have capacity to walk in that. Jesus is God. But you see, most people and maybe some people in this room are not experiencing how saturating He truly is in every single aspect of our lives. Do we understand that when Jesus arrives on something, it's now soaked in Jesus? Right? That's the best way I can say it. Right? It's not like I could take this shirt off and dump water on it, and then I would call it wet, and then I would go get more water and call it wetter. No, it's just wet. That's the way Jesus is. When he arrives on the scene, he arrives on the scene. He can't, it can't be more Jesus-filled. It can't be Jesus-er, right? It can't be that. It's when Jesus walks in, when Holy Spirit invades, when Ho- and hold on, when, when Holy Spirit invades, then it's saturated. It's soaked. And we have to either... Ignore it, ignore him, ignore them, or say, okay, I've heard about this before. Let's, let's step into this. Yes? Mm-hmm. Let's move into this. Right? And then I want to take it a step further. Maybe our awareness is being increased in situations, but I want our awareness to be all present because we are infilled with Holy Ghost. Which means what? We're saturated with Holy Ghost. Which means what? He's not just summoned. Which means where we go, He is. Do we understand this? That's why I don't need that song, Holy Spirit, anymore. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Duh. He's already here. Come and flood this place. No, he's already flooded it. It's not like, oh, hey, over here. I throw, I threw a flare, Holy Spirit. Come on. Drop the package. Let's go. <laughs> right? It doesn't work that way. And if it does, see you later. I'm out. I'm shutting the home down too. Because <laughs> that's terrible. You guys are smiling, but sometimes we think this way. Like, oh man, I just feel the presence of the Lord when I'm worshiping Him. Oh my. Right? That's great. But it doesn't end there. It's like, oh man, I only pray in tongues when I'm in the... What do you mean when you're in the presence? You're always in the presence. Why? Because He's... What, Jaden? Everywhere. He's omnipresent. That's who He is. Right? Right? So who are we saying that the Lord is when we're talking this weird way? You know, freaking people speak this way. Christians talk this way. I'm like, you're being weird. Just stop being weird. You're creeping people out. You are. Like, oh, come on. Hey. No, that's freaking weird. He's here. He's omnipresent. He lives inside of you. And the cool thing is, I'm around you guys right now who are also infilled with Holy Spirit. So, like, this is awesome. Like, um, we're soaked right now. We are soaked. Everywhere we walk gets a little bit wet. Why? Because we have living water 
pumping through our veins. We have the blood of Jesus <laughs> pumping through us. Wow. Right? When we talk about the Lord as a, as a thing that we summon down, we're saying, no, you're just a God. Not the God. Do you understand that? This is, this is big. When I think he's just up there and I'm waving my arms telling him to land, I am just envisioning him as a God. Not the God. And if I had a PowerPoint slide, it would show lowercase g and then uppercase g. <laughs> okay? It's the way it goes. You see it all through the Old Testament, right? You see, oh, they were, they were worshiping this cow that they called God. It was a lower G, right? And then we say, oh my gosh, they were in the glory of the Lord. And sometimes in some translations, the glory, the Lord are all capitals. Do we understand this? The, even the glory was capitalized. Why? Because it's set apart. Like, you could be in my glory, but it's going to be lowercase. It will. It'll be like really, really lowercase. <laughs> you know? It's not that great. But when I'm in the Lord's glory, it has to be significant. Do we understand this? Okay. So, if we view, our, if we view the Lord, the God, as a God who is saturating everything, we have a good viewpoint. And it changes the way we live our lives and the way we act. And it aligns what we say to what we do. Right? Do you guys understand this? Yes? Yeah. Good, good. Jesus is God. But if we are not experiencing how saturating He is in every aspect in our lives, we're missing Him. Okay? So I want to go after two questions tonight. Who is Jesus and what God are you actually following? Okay. Turn to Luke 9. You guys with me? That was the best intro I feel like I've ever preached. You guys are just engaged, glued to the edge of your seat. <laughs> Luke 9. I'm in ESV tonight. Verse 12 is where we're going to start. If you can't turn there, write it down in your, in your diary, okay? And uh, re refer to it later. Because I know you guys just go back, read these notes over and over again all throughout the week, just to make sure that the Lord's speaking to you through all of every single word I'm speaking, right? Yeah, Lex, totally. Yes. That's such a good word, Lex. I should do that. Verse 12. <laughs> Nobody's laughing. <laughs> Awkward. Nobody laughs. Thanks, dude. Hey, is it bright enough in here? You guys read? Yeah. yeah, I need my glasses. <laughs> okay, verse 12, you ready? Okay, now, hey, now the day began to wear away, and the twelve came and said to him, Jesus, send the crowd away 
This is what uh, the, the disciples are saying to Jesus, right? Send the crowd away to go into the surrounding villages and countryside to find lodging and get provisions, food. For we are in a desolate place. Define desolate. Desert. Remote, desert, don't got much. Yes? Okay. But, verse 13, But he said to them, You give them something to eat. They said, We have no more than five loaves and two fish. Unless we are going to go buy food for all these people, for there were about 5,000 just men. Ooh, yes? A lot of food. That's kind of, this, this is a good joke. You'll like this one. This is kind of what, like, Blake bought burgers for last year. <laughs> he bought a lot of burgers. I don't know why. Yeah. 5,000 show up. We got burgers. <laughs> and he said, yeah, bring them, Lord. Then he said to his disciples, have them sit down in groups of 50 each. And they did, just as Jesus said, and had them all sit down. Verse 16. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing over them. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. So they all ate and were what? Satisfied, filled, perfected. And what was left over was picked up 12 baskets of broken pieces. It's beautiful. Yes? Incredible story. Not our focus tonight. Just wanted to give you a little backdrop of what we're about to walk into. Ready? Verse 18. Now it happened that as he was praying alone, who's he? Jesus. Jesus. As it happened that as Jesus was praying alone, the disciples were with him. And he asked them, who do the the crowds say that I am? And they answered, some say John the Baptist, but others say Elijah, and others, um, one of the prophets of old has risen. And then he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And of course, Peter answered first and said, the Christ of God. Cool story, yes? Yeah. First of all, it's amazing that Jesus did the fish stuff, right? And leftovers, exactly. I love how Jesus says, you feed them. Right? Just like I was talking about before, is it's easy to say, okay, Jesus, we're going to follow you into the thick and the thin, and we're just going to do this thing. But then when he looks at you and says, okay, now do it, you feed them. You figure it out. Then we've got to, we kind of take a step back, right? Like, well... You sure? Am I equipped for this? Am I called to this? And then we start thinking, well, I haven't had a prophetic word spoken over me about that. Well, uh, right? I mean, all of us are very analytical people. All of us are, right? Like, well, we don't want to be wrong, you know? Because if we're wrong, I'm never going to hear the end of it, Right? And I want to be right because, man, that's really cool to be used by the Lord. And I want people to take me seriously and all these kinds of things. And like when I say, thus says the Lord, I want to make sure I'm right. Or do are we just always firing from the hip? That's a whole other topic. <laughs> but um, 
we kind of take this this when he says no you do it we kind of say well shoot I should have never asked right sometimes that's our stance well I should have never asked I'm sorry sorry can you take it back Jesus right can you take back that word right I can relate to this big time um, when I used to paint houses I was in charge of a crew and uh, when my guys used to ask me like hey what do you want me to do now Blake is smiling because he was one of those guys who was asking, what do you want me to do now? And I always told him, was he happy about it? No. Right? He was usually taken back. We're like, well, that's pretty high up there. I'm not sure. Or I, 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 don't, I don't think I can do that. Or, you know, not Blake. Blake was always a yes man. But some of the other guys was like, well, maybe no. Maybe no. I'll, I'll probably just go on lunch now. Right? Do we approach the Lord with that same kind of manner? We're like, okay, I like the easy stuff. I like to know that my Lord is faithful, that He's good, and I love all of these things. But when He asks me to do something, then I'm like, well, maybe I shouldn't have asked. Because that takes me a little bit out of my comfort zone. That hurts my feet a little bit. I'm a little sore today. I don't know if I can lift that. I don't know if I can bear that burden. Right? They said, all we have is two fish and five loaves. And they had to, five, and they had to feed 5,000 plus. Right? <clears throat> then the crazy thing is, and which I want us to focus on for a little bit, is then Jesus says, get everybody in groups of 50. This is a big act, Right? I don't know about you guys, but I don't know if I could bring myself to it. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry to be even saying this to you guys. If I had 5,000 people in front of me and all I had was two fish and five loaves, and then I told all of these people, like, hey, sit in groups of 50. We got you covered. I don't know if I'm there yet. You know? I don't know if you're there yet. And I'm okay to say that. Mm -hmm. Even if I knew that Jesus was standing face to face with me, like, man, what if this doesn't work? What if this doesn't happen? I am going to look like an idiot because of you, Jesus. Right? That's on the line. Your reputation's on the line every single day. Right? Every single decision you walk into, you say, okay, Jesus, you better not make me look like a fool. That's what you're saying in your heart of hearts. Right? It's like, Jesus, you can, you've already made yourself look like a fool. But my reputation, my reputation, I've got to hold on to that, Jesus. So you better be right. And if you show up, then I'm happy. But if you don't, like, man. Right? We come into this, con uh, this tension a little bit, right? But the cool thing is the disciples did it. Like, that's admirable. We give the disciples a lot of flack sometimes. I couldn't do this. I couldn't. As your pastor, as a guy who tries to lead you, I couldn't do it. I couldn't. I hope when I'm 65, I will, though. Right? The disciples did it. I wish it was 
written down what their conversation was. <laughs> like what those guys were saying to each other when they were getting everybody in groups of 50. Wouldn't that be cool to know? Cool. So, it's crazy. Two fish, five loaves. Fed 5,000. Yes? What do you... <laughs> yeah. So, what do you think the disciples said Jesus was in that moment? Provider. What? Provider. Provider? Crazy. Crazy? Yeah. I think a little bit cray-cray. Right? Jesus comes up to me and says, Hey, I want you to feed 5,000 people with two loaves and whatever, two fish and five loaves. I always get them mixed up. I always do. Nobody's laughing. Again, awkward. But it was like, if I was there, I'd be like, This guy is a nut. Right? Or he's the most legit person I've ever come into contact with. Right? That's the tension here. I don't know about you guys. Jesus is way over here sometimes in my life. And what I mean by this is like when Jesus like spits in somebody's eyes and they get made well, that's out here for me. Right? That's not, I feel like that's not even on the property. That's so outside of the box for me, right? I, I believe 5,000 can be fed before spitting. I could spit on somebody's eyes or somebody could walk past me and they could be made well, that kind of stuff. I don't know about you guys. That's where I'm at. Anybody resonate with that? Yes? Like if the Lord were to speak to you right now, Blake, and said, okay, I want you to pray over this and I want you to do it in this way. I want you to do five jumping jacks, stop, drop, and roll, and then out of the roll, I want you to leap and lay hands on them. Like, what if it was that specific? Like, would I be like, okay, I guess, well, here we go, <laughs> right? Uh, <sir>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? It's, it's this kind of stuff that I have a little bit of attention on too, Right? I, I, can get, I can get through with like, okay, the Lord wants to heal somebody and I'll lay hands on them and pray for them, right? That's easy. That's easy stuff. And I'll jump at that every single moment, right? Now, I think majority of you guys will too. Like, all right, I know that the Lord wants to heal you. Let's do it, right? Or I know that the Lord wants to speak something to you. So, okay, let's do it. But like, I want you to stick your finger in their ear because they're deaf and I want you to make it well. Right? Like, not only would that creep me out, but it would also probably creep that person out. You guys get what I'm saying? Till it works. Okay. Till it works. Yeah. So, continue the story. Jesus took the food, blessed it. Yes. And then it starts divvying it out to all the disciples. And all of a sudden, everybody's fed, and there's 12 baskets full of leftovers. All of a sudden. Every time I read of the, read the, the feeding of thousands, I just envision Cloudy with a chance of meatballs. <laughs> right? That's, what I, that's what I view. 
you know. That's what you believe. That's what I believe, too. Just freaking straight bread and fish. Just <laughs> flying from heaven. Everybody's like, watch out. It's not in the Bible, so don't quote me on that. My email address when I was younger was a breadcrumb and fish. A what? A breadcrumb and fish. Nice. Like Abercrombie and fish. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> It's not a good joke. You should explain it. <laughs> I, I think I thought it was funny. Food pouring from the sky. Yes? Okay. I love that Luke, the writer of this, includes that they were all satisfied. Why is that cool? Because if they went home hungry, that would be a really lame story. <laughs> like... Everybody got a scale from the fish, and they were very hungry at the end of it. Like, oh, that's not going to make the cut, right? Yeah. You think about everybody who wanted to eat, like what they wanted to eat. They wanted two fish, and they wanted two bread. No. Yeah. Yeah. When was the last time you were satisfied with a meal? My grandma's house. Yeah. I'm sure everybody has something on the forefront of their mind. Yesterday? Yesterday? What'd you have? Oh, so you weren't satisfied? Why? Yes? Yes? Mine, mine is, uh, if you've ever been to this place, it's called Doghouse. And, uh, man, it's just the one heck of a burger. Never been. I want to go. Man, it's just a... What? That's where we're going now. Oh, it's just gorgeous. It's everything that you want in a burger. Hawaiian sweet, sweet roll as the buns. And yes, they did pay me to add this into the podcast. So <laughs> got the royalties coming in. Just joking. They didn't. Yep. Got to pay the bills here somehow. So just joking. So Jesus had a little and, and turned it into more than enough. Yes. So now who did the Jesus... How, now, who is Jesus to the disciples in this story? Provider. Provider, right? And, like, maybe it hasn't even sunk into him yet of, like, what the heck just happened. <laughs> okay. So, now I just want to read 18 through 20 one more time. And it reads, um, Now Jesus was praying alone and the disciples were with him. And, they, and Jesus asked them, Who do the crowds say that I am? And they answered, John the Baptist, but others say Elijah, and others that one of the prophets of old has risen. And then he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Peter answered, the Christ of God. Who do the crowds say that I am? Do you think Jesus was insecure with asking this question? No. 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 This isn't insecurity. This was not Jesus looking for approval. Right? I remember doing this in like when I was in high school, like, hey, who who's that girl think think of me, you know? <laughs> right? <laughs> like what's what's she think of me? Right? We all have this no, maybe no. No, okay. No, I'm just with a bunch of dudes who have it all figured out. <laughs> so cool. Um <laughs> and the girls are like, Hey, what's that boy think of me? <laughs> Hey, what do you think of my guy Lex over there? Yeah. He wanted to hear, and this is important, he wanted to hear what they were saying and what culture was saying. Culture throws a lot of 
quote unquote truths at us. Yes? Okay, cool. Want to make sure we're on the same page. But they answer, like, hey, John the Baptist. Who's John the Baptist? John. Yeah, he's a baptized. Wait, wait, no, it's good. Was, it's a good faithful man of God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was a good yeah. teacher. He was the one who was supposed to come before Jesus and prophesy that the the Lord was near. Yes. He came out of the wilderness and he was baptizing people, telling them that the Lord was near and also that the Holy Spirit was going to come. He prophesied about Jesus saying that um, the one who comes next to me is holier than I am. I'm not worthy of wearing his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Spirit of God. Exactly. Did he also baptize Jesus? Yes. Yes. He was Jesus' best friend. And Elijah, quote unquote. And, yeah. He was the, yeah. I'm not getting into that. He was fulfilling Elijah and the prophecy that would happen before. So, um, then, so they answered John the Baptist, good teacher, had his own disciples even, right? Um, then uh, they said, Elijah, who's Elijah. Maybe you just use like one word this time, Jaden. Okay, maybe just like settle down. Okay, he was a prophet. Yes. Okay, he's a guy who prophesied. Thus says the Lord. Thus says the Lord. Kind of guy. Yes. Uh, high esteem. Yes. And then another prophet of old. Right. All of these different things. Then Jesus asks in verse twenty, but who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Am I a magician? Am I a genie waiting for your next wish or for your next struggle that comes your way? Am I a crazy guy? Am I God, big G? Am I God, little G? A lunatic, a good teacher, a prophet, a savior? What's your answer? Who do you say that I am? Peter, because he's always very quick to talk, and he says, Christ of God. Right? You are the Christ. You are Messiah. What's amazing and what I want to point out is that the culture's answer didn't change theirs. Correct? Culture can throw all sorts of stuff at us, yes? Yep. All sorts of stuff that is not true, correct? Mm -hmm. But it didn't change their answer. Yes? Yeah. If they get caught up with what the world says about Christians or, or God, your answer will, or, or about Christians or God, your answer, your answer will change or get confused along the way. Right? If I don't know who he is, I'm going to believe what this guy's saying or that guy's saying at that next church or that guy's saying it over there at that church or, or at that Mormon church or at the, at, at the Jehovah Witness church or at the Scientology church or... You get what I'm saying? Yep. There's all these different kinds of truths that are facing us every single day. And yes, it's my job to... Make sure that I understand who Jesus is. Right? I could say some weird stuff up here. But if your opinion of Jesus is just hinged on what I believe or what Madison believes, I'm sorry, I'm your God. Madison's your God. And I'm sorry, I can't get you to heaven. 
Right? You get what I'm saying here? It's a good question to ask yourself. It's a question that I ask myself every single day I lay my head on the pillow. Who is my God today? Who is my God today? Was my God work today? Did I focus a lot on work today? Or did I have a mindset with Jesus all day? Who is my God today? Was my coach? Because I want his approval? Was my dad? Because I want his approval? My mom? Because I want her approval? My siblings? The police officer that pulled me over? Right? What is it? Who is it? Sometimes our God can be our future too. Which is tough. I uh, got sold a pyramid scheme today. And the guy said, wouldn't you love to work just five hours in seven days? For the whole week? Five hours. Just make more money than you've ever made. Like, yeah, that, would sound, that sounds amazing. It's like, well, I, we got to set up a meeting then. I'm like, oh, pyramid scheme. I just want to tell you that story. It has nothing to do with the message. Sorry. Turn to John 14. <laughs> yes, so. This, Are we sponsored by, uh, I, he didn't even tell me. He couldn't tell me what I was going to be involved with. <laughs> it's so good, I can't tell you. So shady. <laughs> but who do you say that Jesus is, right? It's a good question to think about day in, day out. Maybe weekly for you, whatever you think, Right? But the cool thing is, we're not alone. John 14, verse 4 through 10. Ready? Yeah. John 14, verse 4. What? You guys are making me second guess what I wrote That's down. It's just right before a new title. Yeah, it's the verse before a new section. Not mine. So maybe just back off. So we're going to read 4 through 10. Okay? Ready? Um, And you know the way to where I am going, Jesus says. Thomas said, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? (laughs) That sounds so (laughs) Jaden. I don't know which way you're going. Which, how do I know which way? <laughs> that sounds so it's like Jaden. Follow your friend somewhere. You guys get in the car and it's like, hey, follow me. And they just... <laughs> like, hey, they run the red light. Oh, yeah. Okay, so, sorry. Verse 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, You have known my father also. From now on, you know him and have seen me. Then Philip said to him, Lord, show us the father. And is it, sorry, show us the father and it is enough for us. And then Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and you still don't know me, Philip? (laughs) See, we give the disciples so much flack. (laughs) 
<laughs> Who, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his work. Ah, mic drop. Yes? So, guys in the Bible struggled with who Jesus was also. Right? They touched him, they saw him, they experienced him, saw healing, saw him cast out demons, heard his voice, heard him teach, and they struggled. Is it comforting? Yes. Isn't that nice? It's comforting tonight. Yes? Makes me sleep a little bit better tonight. Yes? Those guys lived with Jesus. They didn't leave his side for three years of his ministry. Do we understand this? Three years. And they literally dropped everything. And they were like, okay, here we go, all together. Who do you say I am is such a dynamic question. This is a hard question to answer without answering this question first. What God is yours and what God are you following? You can't determine who Jesus is without knowing who your God is. Just like we read, if you've seen Him, you've seen the Father. If I'm following Jesus... I see the Father. You understand what I'm saying here? If I have experienced Jesus, seen Jesus, touched Jesus, seen Him do amazing things in my own life, I've seen the Father also. If I haven't, what God am I following? Am I okay to journey that far tonight? Mm -hmm. I believe I am. You can't determine who Jesus is without knowing who God is. That's like you can't truly understand a kid until you really understand who their parents are. And then you get a grasp on who they truly are. Right? Like when I met, for example, Jaden's parents, then I understood Jaden on a deeper level. Like, oh, this is where you came from. Right? That's the way it goes. Same thing with Blake. When I, when I met Blake's parents, I was like, oh, okay, that is why you are knit that way. That is why you have these priorities over here and so on and so forth, right? You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. What God are you following? I want to help uh, you answer this uh, question, okay? Some of us put our faith in things like girlfriends, boyfriends, Rely on their love, money, friends, parents, grades, what school I go to. We can turn these things into gods. Right? Really fast, really easily too. You know? It's easy for me to be my own God when I know that I can provide for myself. Right? Yeah. It's easy for... Blake to me, my God, because he's always a good friend to me. It's easy for my wife to be a good God because she gives me a lot of love. Right? When she feels like it. Right? (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) You get what I'm saying here? We have to determine who our God is. Because if it's not Heavenly Father, then we're doing something wrong. If it's not Jesus, we're doing something wrong. 
You can turn these into gods too. Ready? Ready? Yeah. Fear? Stress? Image? Social media appearance? Insecurity? Being needed? The list goes on. Anxiety? Depression? Those can be gods over your life too. When I had depression, when I was sad, when I got down, when I was just in a slump, it controlled my entire life. When I'm anxious, it controls my entire life. When I'm in fear, it controls my entire life. Correct? When I focus only on my girlfriend and boyfriend, it controls my entire life. And then what happens when they leave you? Oh my gosh! Yes? Yeah. Or what happens when that friend betrays you that you put all of your trust in? Oh, screw it! Right? That's the way we act. No. Duh, they're going to betray you. Duh, you're going to get dumped. Wake up call. <laughs> you're going to. Not me. I never got dumped. Pew, pew. <laughs> Throw it up. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> I'm just joking. I did get dumped. Let me ask you something. Have any of these things let you down before that I just listed? Yeah, definitely. Uh, every single one. Even how amazing you think your parents are, they've let you down. Yeah. Right? They didn't freaking buy you the Tonka truck that you wanted when you were six. <laughs> they let you down. Yeah. Right? So freaking. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. <laughs> I only know one God who will never let us down, yes? Yeah. I only know a God who knows you. Yes? I only know a God who loves you regardless. I know a God who will provide for you in any season of your life. I know a God who will always bail you out. I know a God who holds the blueprints to your life. I know a good, good, good God. Yes? Do you guys know the same one? Or are we trying to split our lives up into how many different gods we can consume? You know, sometimes we view our gods like we view our cold stone. I want that topping, I want that topping, and I want a little bit of that, and I want a little bit of this one. Expensive. It adds up, especially if you're doing the Froyo stuff. It gets expensive to your life in the end. You gotta have it. Gotta love it. Okay, last, last thing I'm gonna go through. We good? Can I continue? Second mm-hmm. Samuel, I'll make it quick. It's in the OT. We are going into overtime. Second Samuel, uh, Samuel, verse or chapter twenty-two. Do you even understand? Verse 32 through 36. Ready? You guys all there? Yeah. I know it's not a not an area we usually travel. 2232. 2232. Number 2, Sam. 
Number two. Sam's number two. Alright, got it. <laughs> number two, I was like, why do I know that? <laughs> the, they got good breakfast for you, us. There's a number two and a number three. I don't think that's how it works. I think they're all right, Sam's. I think you're false. Ready? Samuel, 2 Samuel 22, verse 32 reads 32. For who is God but the Lord? This is great. This is something that you want to get tattooed on yourself. Cool? You didn't hear it from me, though. <laughs> For who is God but the Lord? And who is the rock except our God? This God is my refuge. And He has made my way blameless. He made my feet like a feet of a deer. Set me on secure, set me secure on the heights. He trains my hands for war, so that my arms can bend a sorry, bend a bow of bronze. And try to say that multiple times. Bend a bow of bronze. Nailed it. You have given me the shield of your salvation, and your gentleness made me great. Cool. Sometimes we view the Bible as just fairy tale stories, yes? We treat the stories like they're nursery rhymes, that they have truth, but the characters are fake. What if we took the Bible as an as an invitation to experience how Jesus is and who Jesus is? Do you know that the entire Old Testament tells us about Jesus? You know, the entire New Testament tells us about Jesus. Yeah. You guys know that? Mm -hmm. The entire Old Testament, too. Sometimes we're just like, oh, it doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> no. Read it with Jesus in the forefront of your mind. It will make sense to you. Why? Because you know Jesus. Yes? Mm -hmm. If you know Jesus, then this makes sense to you again. Right? If you don't know Jesus, then just like whatever. <laughs> I'm just joking. Know Jesus, and then you'll know, the, you'll know his word. You'll understand it. Yes? Okay. God is not in the business of fear, anger, insecurity, stress, anxiety, any of those nasty things. Yes? God is a God of fullness, vibrancy, and the Bible and these writings are from God to draw us closer to Him. Yes? Yeah. So, let's increase our reliance on God, not on things and not on people. Figure out who your God is. And if it's not the God of the universe, the creators of the heaven and the earth, then you're doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. Correct? Mm -hmm. If you're focused on anything except for the Father of lights, you're doing something wrong. Yes? yes. If you're focused on anything but how to bring heaven to earth, you're doing something wrong. I'd like to call myself a guy who wants to pull down heaven as much as possible. Right? Yeah. You want to be that same guy, same girl? Somebody who just wants heaven, wants Jesus more and more in every area of their life, in every place.
place in their life, every location in their life, not just held the churches and whatever. Who's your God? Which one are you following? And figure out how you get rid of that God and find the Lord and find Jesus. Right? I think of the Israelites when Moses was receiving the Ten Commandments and they make this golden calf. Right? And do you realize how small this little calf was? It was tiny. Tiny, and they decided to dedicate their entire lives to that. What I'm telling you tonight is the thing that you've committed your life to is tiny compared to the creator of the universe. Right? We always try to find something, you know? Some people did Buddha, you know, all of these different things. Islam, you know, all of these different things. Trying to create something out of, out of the truth. Right? Making a counterfeit. Right? You, you're missing the point, right? Right? I don't even know what Buddha does for you. To just sit there, fat and smiley. Oh, crap. That's all he does. And my God, he's engaged in my life. He's very, very engaged in my life. I've seen his mighty works. I've seen his mighty hand. And I know some of you guys have too. Whether you want to open your eyes to it or not. You know, over my years when I was figuring out who the Lord was, is, sorry, I can look back 16, um, I was saved when I was 17. I can look back when I was 16, 15, 14, so on and so forth, how he was there and provided for me. Right? Mm-hmm. I can see it all through my life. Why? Because now He's the Lord over my life and I have to be able to acknowledge that. Right? And I have to have thanks. I have got to give Him thanks. Correct? Right? I remember I was in a rollover wreck and I came away with a scratch on my knuckle. Right? Yeah. The Lord was there. Right? The Lord was there. That's who He is. Right? I was born with a hole in my heart. Now it's gone. Right? He's there. That's who He is. He's always been there for us. Whether we want to open our eyes up to it or not, like, that's up to you. Right? That's where Smell the Roses was coined from. Right? Whether we want to open and, and say, Lord, I, I want to give you access is a whole other story, correct? But if I'm just like, like in guy, I'm sorry guys, in guys group on Tuesday, I was super troubled. <laughs> I was bummed out of like what happened on guys group because our topic was we're surrounded by darkness. I'm like, no, you're not. You're wrong. If you're surrounded by darkness, you're focused on darkness. And if you're surrounded by darkness, it's actually influencing your life then. Right? Am I crazy? I am children of the light. That's my nickname. I don't get many nicknames in Scripture, but I get that one. 
children of the light. Therefore, my father of lights, like Ephesians 5 says, write it down. Like Ephesians 5 says, I have to walk in that obedience. I have to walk as my father is. Because what? I'm a son. You're a daughter. Yes? Yes. Therefore, if I, just like we were talking about, a kid reveals who their parents are. Yes? Mm -hmm. A kid reveals who their father is. Correct? I have to reveal who my true father is. Correct? I cannot fulfill who my, I cannot be just Ron Martin. That's who my, that's my dad. Right? If I'm just being Ron Martin, I'm missing it. No, he's just my earthly father and I'm super blessed to have him. But I have heavenly father. I have to mirror him. Do we understand this? I'm the children of the light. You are children of the light. We have to walk in that. Therefore, that's making us, that's making all of this scripture true. You understand that? By me not walking in that, I'm actually debunking scripture. I'm spitting on scripture saying, no, I don't believe in that. Ephesians 5 says it. You cannot be hindered by darkness anymore because you are a son of light, a daughter of light, a children of light. Right? Yeah, we've got stuff going all around in our world. I get it. I get it. But is that going to influence the way I walk? No. Hell no. Right? No way. It's going to be the way I act towards things because talk is cheap, yes? I have to act. Correct? If my God is a father of light, I have to be that light of the world like it prophesied about me. Yes? If I'm not, I'm missing the point. I'm missing the point and I'm just saying, well, Jesus will take care of it. No, Jesus says, you feed him. (laughs) Jesus says, okay, come to me. Like he said with Peter walking on water. He says, you feed him with feeding 5,000 people. Right? Do you understand my point? If I walk around like a freaking pansy, I'm submitting to something that's not my father. Heavenly Father. Yes? When I come, like like what we were talking about last week, when I see an ailment, I have to respond differently. Right? When I see sickness, I have to respond differently. When I see anything going on that's not of the Lord, I have to respond differently because it's my job. It's my duty. Yes? You get my point? Picking up when I'm dropping down? Yeah? Good.